Alright, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of This Just In. Um, it is January 24th, 2023. Uh, the weather outside is frightful, but <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, <clears throat> I wish I could say that something inside was so delightful. However, that is not the case. Um, actually, that's not true. I have a full glass of beer. By the way, what's keeping the sad away this evening is uh, Honey Citrus Blonde from Community Brewing in Dallas, Texas. So thank you, Community Brewing, for helping me to keep the sad away. Mmm, let me enjoy a sip right now. Mmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love a good blonde. Lord knows I do. Um, so, you may recall from a previous episode that um, <clears throat> there was a... Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal in uh, other parts of the world. I don't know if you, if, if you remember, but I have gone international, everybody. I am a... Man of the world. I'm a citizen of the world. I am. Uh, I have a presence, not only here in the states, but also uh, overseas across the pond, uh, especially in uh, Belgium. So outside of my, you know, the United States, uh, the next highest country outside of that, excuse me, is. Belgium and Brussels, or Brussels in Belgium, I should say. Uh, Brussels is the city, not the country. Belgium is the country. Uh, but anyway, uh, I've got 66 total downloads from Brussels, Belgium. So, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Or, as we like to say here on the show... Bedankt voor het luisteren. Yes, that's right. But that's the We discovered last time that um, sober Dutch sounds like drunk English. So, uh, anyway, thank you again. Uh, that means thank you both for listening, both of you. There are two people in Brussels, Belgium, and they've each listened 33 times. So, uh, which is uh, interesting because I only have uh, 24 episodes before this one. So, they've all listened to, or they've both listened to, um, each of my episodes more than once. So, uh, thank you guys. Uh, bedonked. Bedonked. Mm. Anyway, so what are we going to talk about? Um, well, I've got some stuff lined up here. So, I've got an angry feminist. Um, I have a bunch of, uh, woke stuff and trans stuff. Um... But we'll get to all that. So we're going to start off here with um, an angry feminist. So like uh, feminism. But, uh, what is that? Like I know what it used to be. I don't know what it is anymore. Like I, I know that it used to be um, back when women were actually being oppressed. Um, that 
and I say, you know, or were actually oppressed in the past because I'm pretty sure they're doing okay these days. I mean, just as well as their male counterparts. Um, you know, people have argued that the whole wage gap thing, uh, the, the woman makes 79 cents to the dollar, uh, for doing the same job as a man. But of course, as we know, that doesn't take into account, um, the difference in hours worked that does not take into account the years of experience, uh, that does not take into account lots of variables that lead to the differences that, uh, or, or lead to the things that cause the difference between the wage gap. So like, if you're just looking at metadata, you know, you're just looking at this like giant spreadsheet of, uh, and, and you've got like all the female accountants on one side and their salaries. And then you've got all the male accountants on the other side and then their salaries. Um, and, and you just look at like, and you just run like a, an average function in the spreadsheet and you just calculate the average of all the women and all the men and you look at them and you're like, oh, well, that's 79% and the women are are 79% of what the males make. But if you don't dig deeper and you don't actually like look into like the details of that, <clears throat> then there are some things that you're going to miss. And, and this is stuff that's really important because you know, what you might find is that the, perhaps the men work more hours. You take into account number of hours worked. Maybe they make 21% more because they work 21% more hours. Um, you're talking in a 40 hour work week. You're only talking about an extra eight hours a week. Maybe they work, uh, 48 hours instead of 40 or 40 instead of 32 or whatever. Um, Maybe they just work more hours. Maybe they um, have more years of experience. Maybe the average years of experience for a man doing the job was, was this, and then for the females, is that? Um, and in what industry? I mean, that that's not the same across all industries, surely, right? Because if we're looking at like a job, on a job-by-job -job basis, like accountants versus accountants, if we're comparing apples to apples, uh, for, you know, female accountants to male accountants. Even then, it's still not apples, apples to apples because, like I said, you got to take into account age, years of experience, uh, areas that they work in. Maybe you might make the same guy, like a, a male accountant, might make X number of dollars working in Dallas, Texas. Um, and then he moves to L.A. and he is now making a different amount of money. Uh, doing the same exact job he was doing before. It's just because he lives somewhere else, works in a different place. Different places pay more or less, just depending. Um, you know, so there's like all these different variables. So like, you're you're never going to get a true apples to apples comparison. Um, anyway, that's even if you have people with the same job, like men to women, like male accountants to female accountants. But now let's talk about like, okay. So let's say that even if, even if males made more money, 21% more on average than females, like for the, you know, and, and the years of experience, assuming that the years of experience was the same, um, assuming that the, uh, hours worked was the same, assuming all these other variables were the same, um, even if that were true, okay, 
Now let's look at another industry. There, there's for every one industry where a man makes more money than a woman does on average. There's an industry out there that a woman, on average, makes more than a man. And it may not be an even one-to-one ratio, but my point is, is that there are some, there has to, there has to be. Strippers. Strippers. Tell me, tell me female strippers don't make more than their male counterparts. Tell me they don't. Go ahead and lie. Only fans. Go ahead and tell me that hot girls on OnlyFans don't make more money than hot guys on OnlyFans. Go ahead and tell me. Alright? So there's like, you know, um, people that work at nail salons. People that work at hair salons. You know? Having sex, being hot, showing your body, and helping others to be hot. These are all industries that are dominated by women. Because that's what they do. That's what they do. They look hot. They help other people look hot. Or they try to. No, they'll do it as long as it's for money. So here's the fucked up part. Here's the fucked up part. Women will help other women to be hot. Like, they'll work in a nail salon, they'll work in a hair salon, and they'll cut your hair, and they'll do your nails, and they'll do your makeup. They'll be cosmetologists, right? And they'll make you look hot. They'll help to make you look hot, but only because you're paying them money. Right? They got to do that shit for free. I mean, I wouldn't do it for free. I don't work for free either, but my point is, is that, like, women don't like other women being hotter than them. They just don't. They get mad. They get angry. They don't like it when other women are hotter than they are. It's just a fact. I mean, they may not, like, show it, but it, it bothers them on some level. So, like, you know, they'll, I say that, that, you know, they'll help other women get, uh, get hotter, but only, you know, uh, be, because they're getting paid for it. Uh, so there's always, like, this competition between women to be like who's the hottest or who's the most attractive and um there's this lady who was on tiktok and i got this video from this guy named well his his channel's name is the quartering he's really good um so giving credit to him um so i i saw this on there and then i just had to uh share it with myself because it was pretty insane there's this angry like there's this lady who's angry at men for for some reason i can't really understand um she's oh, kind boy, of just rambling oh there's a uh, sorry i played it a little bit uh but she's really angry um about just men in general and I don't understand where all the, the anger comes from, but let me just play the video and then, you, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. I'm sure she has loads of friends, though. Make sure you leave a like on this video and subscribe so I can keep bringing these folks to light because yikes. The PSA to all women to stop apologizing for existing. I don't know how many times I used to walk into a room with my shoulders hunched over, face plastered with a smile, dripping sweetness, hoping that no one would call me a 
simply for taking up space in their vicinity. If I sound angry today, it's because I am, because I just heard a story where a woman wasn't allowed into an establishment because she was considered too type A by the powers that be. And while I don't know anything about this place or this woman, that description alone is infuriating because if you read between the lines, saying that a woman is too type A is basically a euphemism for saying that you think she's for having a mouth and not being afraid to use it when you disrespect her. And it's so funny that straight men don't get denied entry anywhere for being too type A because guess what? It's not a bad trait. It's only a bad trait when you attach it to a woman's personality because you think it makes her more difficult to control. And all of this stems from a time when women were literally property. But wake up and smell the freaking roses. My name's Accoring. And if all right, so anyway, yeah, that was a video from the Corey and gives a little promo there at the end. I'm trying to rewind it. So there's a lot to break down here. I mean, this person is... So going back to uh, the beginning there, um, they, she said that women should stop apologizing for existing. So I want to play this back again. I'm going to pause it. As it, as it goes. Hold on one second. PSA to all women to stop apologizing for existing. I don't know how okay, so stop apologizing. Um, I don't think anyone has ever been angry at a woman for existing. Um, I think that people have been, I mean, like, logically, if women didn't exist, then no one would exist. So there'd be no one around to complain about women existing because women wouldn't exist and then they wouldn't exist. So, um, now we may complain about women who act like a bitch. Um, but that's because you're being a bitch. That's not just because you exist. So yeah, let's continue. How many times I used to walk into a room with my shoulders hunched over, face plastered with a smile, dripping sweetness, hoping that no one would call me a simply for taking up space in their vicinity. Uh, again, um, if a woman has ever walked into a room and a guy called her a bitch just for being there, just for like literally taking up physical space in a room... Uh, then that guy deserves, you know, to have his ass beat. But what she's saying is that this used to happen to her all the time. So now I'm wondering, what did this woman used to do for a living? Where she got called a bitch just for walking into a room. <laughs> like, what, what the fucking job did you used to do? I don't know, but whatever it was, um, I'm glad you're not doing it anymore, I guess. If I sound angry today, it's because I am, because I just heard a story where a woman wasn't allowed into an establishment because she was considered too type A by the powers that be. And while I Okay, so she heard of a story of a woman who wasn't allowed into an establishment. We don't know what this establishment is. We don't know who the woman is. We just know that somewhere in the world, a woman was denied entry into a place. That's all we know. And of course, there, there could be no logical, practical reason for this, other than men are evil. This is the only 
possible explanation for why some woman somewhere wasn't allowed to go into some place. Well, I don't know anything about this place or this woman. That description... Okay, you can stop right there. You don't know anything about the place or the woman. <laughs> she, admit, she straight up tells you she has no idea what the context of the situation is. She doesn't know the woman. She doesn't know the place. She doesn't even know what happened. All she knows is that a woman was denied entry into this establishment. ...alone is infuriating because if you read between the lines, saying that a woman is too type A is basically a euphemism for saying that you think she's for having a mouth and not being... Okay. You're right. You're right that um, uh, women who are very strong personalities and talk a lot of shit... You're, you're exactly right. They are often interpreted as a bitch. Yes, this is 100% true. But I will also say that men who have strong personalities and often voice their opinions aggressively toward other people are typically interpreted as being an asshole. So... It's not like it's because you're a woman that you're being called a bitch. It's because you're acting like a bitch is why we're calling you a bitch. Just like when a guy acts like an asshole, we call him an asshole. Being afraid to use it when you disrespect her. And it's so Okay, being not being afraid to use your mouth when you disrespect her. If you disrespect a woman, if you truly disrespect a woman, I agree. You should get a tongue lashing from the woman, and not the good kind of tongue lashing. Not the kind you want. You should get the bad kind. The kind where you gotta sit there and take your talking to. And then you, 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 be, you, you be made to feel like it's your mom getting on to you because you did something wrong, and then you feel ashamed and small and sad. If you're really being disrespectful to a woman, like truly disrespectful, not what she interprets as disrespectful, because God knows if you ask some women, not all of them, but some of them, what they determine to be disrespectful, they will say basically anything a guy ever says or does is disrespectful to them. And so, therefore, it warrants this type of response from someone who, as she says, has a mouth and isn't afraid to use it when she feels like she's being disrespected, which is all of the time. So you can see what kind of predicament that this person, this woman, who we're referring to, might find themselves in. They're constantly offended and they have a mouth that they're not afraid to use when they feel like they've been offended, which is all the time. So funny that straight men don't get denied entry anywhere for being too type A, because guess what? Ooh, oh, oh, straight men have never, have never been denied entry anywhere. <laughs> I got denied entry at Costco because I didn't have my card on me. They said you can't come in. <laughs> and I'm a straight man. I'm a straight white man. I'm the type of man this country was built on. 
was founded upon. And I can't even get into Costco to get macaroni and cheese in bulk because <laughs> I don't have my card on me. But it's not a bad trait. It's only a bad trait when you attach it to a woman's personality because you think it makes her more difficult to control. And all of this stems from a time when women were literally property. But wake up and smell the freaking roses. My name's... This all stems from a time when women were literally property. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um... This random woman, who she knows nothing about, was denied entry into an establishment that she doesn't know what that was, um, under a context in which she admits she is unfamiliar, uh, because at some point in the past, women were property, which was like when we were hunter-gatherers? And we would marry off our daughters in exchange for cattle? Is, is that like what you're talking about? And that's why this happened? Um, I don't know, man. There's so much of this crap going on. Uh, of, of just people, women, being angry at men. And I... Like... What did we do? Like, I know that men have done shitty things to women in the past. Um, but are we going to pretend like women have never done shitty things to men? I mean, and what are the shitty things that men had, did to women in the past? Um, like unscaled. I don't mean like on a individual basis. Like, oh, I heard a story about this guy this one time that did this. I mean, I, I can say the same thing about women. Like I've got so many horror stories from friends who are both married or divorced or single have never been married about just the awful shit that women have done to them. But I really don't have a whole lot of... I don't hear a whole lot of stories about all the awful shit that men are doing to women these days. Like, I just don't hear a lot about it. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not saying, like, men... There aren't, on individual uh, levels, men who treat women like shit. I know that there are. I'm just talking about is it at the scale to where it's big enough to where you feel the need you're you're so upset that you you heard something about some story of the, where you don't even know the details and that was enough to make you literally lose your shit in, in on on camera for TikTok which is what she posted this video to. Um, is it that bad? Really? Uh, by the way, this is a... Uh, imagine this woman. Like, imagine from her perspective, like, her thought process. Like, she's sitting there in, in her apartment or her house or whatever, wherever she lives, and she is... She reads the story, and she gets so worked up she hasn't yet made the video. What's the first thought that goes in her head? 
the first thought that goes into this woman's head is, I read this story, this makes me angry, the world needs to know how angry I am. This is important. The world needs to know how angry I am. I'm going to go make a TikTok right now, before I know any further details, I'm going to go knee-jerk reaction, make a TikTok right now, because the, the world needs to know how upset I am about the story, the details of which I have no idea. Um, now let's go a step further. Okay, so you think the world needs to know how upset you are about this thing you don't even know the details of. Aren't you kind of a narcissist? Like, don't you kind of uh, overvalue your personal opinion as it pertains to the rest of the human population? Um, any person. This is why I don't have social media. Like, this, I, 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 I'm open about that. I promote that. That's kind of my bit. Like, I don't have social media. If you want to listen to me, you, you have to listen to me. Or you have to find me. And the only way I'm going to grow in popularity is if I'm good enough to where you tell a friend and then the friend starts listening and then they tell a friend. That's the only way I'm ever going to, I'm never going to fake it to where I get a, like, I'm never going to get a bunch of clickbait. I'm never going to post something that's insane and get a bunch of clickbait and then get a bunch of fake likes that way. Also, this lady's really hot. Like, She's really hot. She's a very good-looking woman. Um, and she's angry about how awesome her life is. Like, she's very well-dressed. She looks very well-groomed. She looks like she lives in a nice place. Um, and she's hot. So you know her life is, like, pretty good. It's got to be, right? Like, how bad can it be? Um, if you have time to sit around and read stories like this some random story and get so worked up about it that you feel like you have to go and tell the world. This is probably, and there's something to this. I think hot women, I don't, I don't want to ever be with a hot woman again. I think I'm kind of done with hot women. And I know that sounds insane, but I'm having a real hard time finding hot women who aren't insane. Like I th and, and I think this is partially our fault, guys. Like I think women have had it so like hot women have had it so good for so long that they've forgotten like what a tough life actually is. They're like the spoiled kid who complains that their daddy uh, only got him a BMW instead of an Audi. You know, like, I wanted the Audi. You only got me the BMW. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they've, they've been calibrated at this point. Like, their calibration is set at my normal is like the normal person's luxury. That's like normal to them. And so anything below like that set point that they have to them, to that person, is like a disappointment. So, like these hot ladies, you know, from the time that they're old enough 
to be like to, to when you know like oh that's this this is gonna be hot like even if they're like a kid you're like okay she's gonna grow up she's gonna be a very beautiful person she's a very beautiful teenager she's gonna grow up to be a very beautiful adult and so you know you kind of start these these girls these young girls they kind of start getting special treatment like very early on when they're still developing they start getting very special treatment and then that just kind of becomes what they expect like that's their normal that's their calibration set point that's where they are that's that's their level of expectations and so as they go through life of course to go down in your level of expectation would be a disappointment. So they only pursue things that add to their already bloated sense of self of self worth. Um, so, you know, you're a young, hot lady, your expectations for life are already like way high. And then you get, uh, treated, you know, better than your counterparts, your, your, your ugly counterparts, and so your expectations go even higher. And then anyone who fails to meet those expectations, you just completely dismiss. And you only surround your people, yourself with people who can help you to achieve a higher level of self-worth. And then you just be, you get trapped up in this cycle of um, it just never being enough. You're never satisfied. You just need more and more and more. And then when something happens that to a normal person is so insignificant that it doesn't even register on their radar as something to be upset about. Um, but to you, as this person whose expectations of what life should be like are so high, to you, that seems like a tragedy. Enough so to where, without even knowing any details, you go and record a TikTok and tell the world just how pissed off you are. And you don't even make sense when you do it. You're just lashing out, like throw, throwing out all the shit. No straight man ever ever got denied access to anywhere. What the fuck? No straight man ever got denied access, like anywhere ever? What are you talking about? You insane person. You think... You think the the burly, homely gal who's like overweight and she grew up on a dairy farm and she works at the drive-thru at Brahms and she doesn't have a man and she's just happy to be able to pay rent for her camper she lives in and <laughs> do you think that this shit bothers her? This shit doesn't bother her. <laughs> her life is so much worse than what this lady's will ever be and yet she's probably happier because she's not constantly disappointed because her fucking level of expectations is more realistic and more grounded and I think that there's just a lot and this is why and I think social media is partially to blame but like this is why narcissism Narcissism is like the biggest thing that we, we kind of know it's out there and we talk about, but I'm telling you, nar female narcissism, I think is at the root of so many things, like so many problems that we're having in society, I think is due to female 
And male, t- I mean, you know, males aren't immune from being narcissists. But I, I would say, if I had to bet, it's disproportionately on the women's side. I mean, you can look at the statistics of uh, social media and its effects on uh, young women versus young men. In fact, I'll look it up right now. Recording, and if you enjoyed the oh shit, that's not what I was trying to do. Hold on, that's the video. Hold on, pause, hold, please. Okay, so I found this article from socialmediavictims.org. Uh, it says teen suicide prevalence rates is social media to blame. The rate of teen suicide has risen dramatically over the past decade. At the same time, social media use has also risen among teens. According to the CDC, the suicide rate for male teens increased 31% between 2007 and 2015. Female teen suicides hit a 40-year high in 2015. Um, So between 2007 and 2015, the suicide rates are at a 40-year high. And 40 years ago, there wasn't social media. I don't know what was going on back then. But these are percentages, and so there's a lot more people now than there were 40 years ago. So there's also, like, the volume is going to be higher. Uh, the percentage is the same, or as it was at its peak 40 years ago, but it's still, um, that's not good. Um, it says, researchers have linked several aspects of social media use to depression and higher suicide risk. The first is the overuse. A 10-year longitudinal study at BYU discovered that teenage girls who spent two to three hours daily on social media at age 13 were at a higher risk for suicide as young adults. Research concluded that girls and women are more relationally attuned and more sensitive to posts not being well-received, comparisons, and lack of online connections. They also tend to be more emotionally attached to the content that they post, while boys tend to be uh, more often to post and read funny content according to a Pew Research Center report. That's pretty typical. Like Girls are posting pictures of themselves, hoping that people will call them pretty, and boys are just posting shit that makes each other boys laugh. Like, it, isn't that kind of just girls and boys? Isn't that how we've always been, you know? Um, <laughs> girls are taking things all serious, and the boys are just over there just laughing about fart jokes. <laughs> Um, a second factor is the content to which teens expose themselves. Teens sometimes fall victim to posts encouraging unhealthy challenges. Yeah, I've talked about that in the past. Like, how many people have died? How many kids have died from attempting stupid TikTok t- challenges, like the blackout challenge, like where you tie something around your neck until you black out? That's called hanging yourself, you fucking dumbass. Yeah, people die doing that shit. Oh, oh, but okay, so the same, let, let's think about this. Those kids, what, what how old are they? Uh, 10, 12, 13 years old? That's the age of the kids who were like dying from this blackout challenge? Oh, let's let those same kids, let's let those same kids determine that they're not a girl, they were born a girl, but they feel like a boy. So let's take them to the doctor, let's put them on puberty and hormone blockers, Let's uh, sew on a little pee-pee instead of a vagina, and let's cut off their breasts, and let's make it to where they can never breastfeed, and let's fuck up their hormones so bad that they'll never develop properly, and that they'll have hair falling out when they're in their 20s, and that they'll never be able to reproduce. Let's fuck them up for life. 
let's let those same kids who are dying from the blackout challenge let's let's have them decide that they want to make permanent changes to their body that they can't undo let's let that's a great idea you fucking retard sorry that was a sidebar back to the article uh, how social media bullying might contribute to increase as uh, bullying, bullying, bullying is always a thing. Um, pre-existing me- mental health disorders and social media use. Pre-existing mental health disorders tend to make teens more prone to influence from social media, either positive or negative. Uh, a UK study of 14-year-olds found that online harassment and poor sleep habits associated with sustained uh, media use made young people, especially girls, more susceptible to depression and poor self-esteem. Um, well, yeah, obviously. Um, Suicide rates for children and teens have increased dramatically since the late 2000s, basically since smartphones and social media uh Uh, became everywhere in their lives. Between 2007 and 2018, suicide rates for kids aged 12 to 16 have increased 146%. This increase is especially pronounced for the youngest kids, kids aged 10 to 12, and it's also more pronounced for girls who typically have lower suicide rates than boys. Their rates are, suicide rates are increasing faster uh, as a result of social media than the suicide rates for boys are. So, I mean, like we're raising this entire generation of people who it's normal, like they don't know what life was like before phones and social media, not just phones, but social media. Like, you know, young people forget there was a thing called a phone before modern phones that was just a phone. Like, it wasn't a computer you could do whatever on. You could call, and you could text, and that was it. You could send little messages, but it was more like paging, because, you know, you had T9. You guys remember T9? Like, where you had to, like, hit the button three times if you wanted C. Like, you had to, like, hit, what, was it number one or two? Which one? Where did it start? Did it start on number one? Or did it start on two? I can't remember. But anyway, like you would hit like boop, boop, boop to get C and then boop to get A and then boop, 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 boop to get T or whatever. Like you would have to and then go over and in a little flashing cursor on the screen. It looked like DOS prompt, like those old school computers before they had Windows. Uh, not Windows for the young people listening, not like Windows in a house, but like a Windows, the operating system. Uh, you know, there was a thing before that called DOS Prompt. And if you wanted to use the computer, you basically had to ha- fucking know how to code. You had to type in, like, run underscore program or dot exe slash c colon backslash backslash what the name of the program or whatever in the fuck it was. Like, I don't remember, but I remember as a kid... There was games I used to want to play on the computer, and I would always have to have my brother, my older brother, come in to the computer, which weighed, the the computer weighed like a thousand pounds. Um, Not that that has anything to do with anything, but I'm just saying, like, it was just this behemoth monster 
Um, and he would have to come in and he would have to type like the command code uh, to pull up a game to be able to play the game. All right. So like that, like the first phone was kind of like the first computer um, you could call, but it could call. And that was it. And that's why it was. It was that's why we call it a fucking phone. Like these things, they're not even phones anymore. Like, sure, you can call people, but that's not what you use them for. Like, how often do you really? How much time on that you spend on your phone do you actually spend calling people, like you used to on an actual phone? Like hardly any. You know, now it's just all about emails and texts and social media, and watching stupid videos and of course porn. And that's it. That's all it's for. So, um, what was I saying? God, I got off track, didn't I? What was I talking about? Teen suicide? Yeah, oh, I remember. So, these kids are growing up in this world where they don't know life before the phone. All they know is social media since they were born. And they think it's normal. And so when they see a girl at the gym or at the mall or whatever, and they have a phone like propped up on something and they're backed up and they're like, okay, real quick. And then they like fix their hair and they like, like fix their outfit and then just get ready. And they're like, and then they start dancing like randomly in the middle of the mall or the middle of where the, do they even go to malls anymore? I don't know. Is that like a thing that kids don't do because it's like too personal? They don't actually like to like, touch things before they buy them. They just like to get them online and have them magically show up. Uh, but anyway, like uh, you're out in public and you just see someone with the phone propped up and there's, they might even be half naked. Maybe they're fully naked. Who fucking knows? And, and they just start dancing randomly in front of their phone. And these guys think that shit's normal. Like if, if people used to dance randomly out in public we would be like, that's a fucking crazy person. Oh, that's homeless Carl. Yeah, we everyone knows homeless Carl. Everyone had a homeless Carl in their hometown. You had that one homeless guy. You know, like you're driving around town and you see him. And it was almost like spotting like a, a unicorn or something. Like a, like a rare, it was a rare, it was a, it was a treat. It was a pleasure. It was a treat to see homeless Carl. And you would see him on the sidewalk and he'd be like, oh shit, there's homeless Carl. There he is. And he'd just be talking to himself or dancing. Like, there's no music playing. He didn't have earbuds. He didn't have a he didn't have a walkman. By the way, a walkman is a thing. Never mind, I'm not gonna go into it. But so he didn't have that. He was he didn't have music playing. Uh he was just dancing randomly. We'd be like, that person has lost his mind. But you know, that's homeless Carl. Now homeless Carl is fucking everybody. Everybody is homeless Carl. Everybody's just dancing randomly in front of their phones. And this narcissism, they think the world needs to see them. The whole world is about them. Their world is all about them. They do not care about anyone but them. They only do things if it, it will promote them and make their lives better. There is no such thing as altruism. We only do things now because it gets us likes and clicks. Which at the end of the day, for the vast, vast majority of the people, does not equate to any substantial or 
uh, tangible increase to their quality of life. It simply gives them that hit, that fucking endorphin hit in their brain that they need. They've become addicted to it because it's all they've ever fucking known. Because they were born with this shit. That's all they know is stimulation. Lights, flashing, colors, likes, hearts, comments, drama. That's all they know. And their brains have been wired from birth. Your brain will physically, will undergo physical neurological changes. The neurons in your brain will physically rewire themselves in order to accommodate whatever it is that you are doing to it. Whatever you are stimulating it with. This is a fact. Your neurons can not only wire themselves initially from birth for essential functions, but they can also rewire themselves later for functions that you are constantly flooding it with stimuli that you are constantly flooding it with okay so if you're constantly exposing yourself to lights and flashing colors and comments and hearts and all this shit that comes along with social media your brain literally grows in such a way to accommodate that and once it's there it's real fucking hard to undo that. And we've got an entire generation of people who their brain is physically wired. Like if you were to do surgery, if you were to do a, if you were to analyze the brain of, of, of young people today versus young people 40, 50 years ago, if you were to look at them side by side and just do like a meta-analysis, large-scale comparison between the brains you would see physical differences in different parts of the brains and how the neurons are wired and the size of the different parts of the brains and the size of the glands and the number of endorphin receptors and um, serotonin and all of these different receptors that are in the brain, dopamine receptors, that like you would see a physical difference in them. They're, our brains are literally different. It's not just like something that, oh, they'll grow out of it. You know what? I hope that they do, and maybe that they will. But I don't know that they will. Like, I, I, people will not volunteer. Most addicts, and this is what they, this is an addiction. This is addiction. We don't call it addiction because so many people do it. Because if, if they called it addiction, then everyone would be an addict. And they can't do that. So it's like populism. We just go with whatever is happening. Whatever whatever represents the majority of the population must represent the norm. And it is the norm. It is the norm to be addicted. The norm is, is addiction to uh, this media, this medium that we all participate in. And some of us, I know I'm not the only one, there's a lot of people that acknowledge and understand that this is a problem. But they don't do anything about it. Like, there's people that know that TikTok is bad. There's people that know that social media 
is bad for the brain, but they keep using it. They're like literally talking about how awful it is as they're using it. You ever seen one of those people? You ever been talking to them? And they're like uh, talking about how you can, they, they can talk about how awful social media is for the brain, how bad it is for kids and all that kind of stuff. And they'll do it while they're scrolling through their feed. And, and then you, and then you tell them about that and you're like, well, why don't you stop? Well, I just use it to do that. And it's always an excuse in it. It's always that, well, I just use it to keep in touch with friends and family. No, you fucking don't. You could do that shit without social media. We did that for decades without cell phones. Since the dawn of time, we kept in touch with family and friends through so- without social media. I mean, I, I'm not saying that we should all go back to writing letters, but how you could call, you can text, you can email, you can instantly communicate in other ways that don't involve social media. You don't need social media to check in on your cousin from Connecticut three times a year. You don't have to do that. You can pick up the fucking phone and call or text or email. And it gets there instantaneously. You, uh, the, the, you, you say that. You say it's just for friends and family. But what it's really about all the other shit. Because you can do the other stuff without it. And so I... I have other reasons why I hate social media. Uh, other than just the fact that, you know... Uh, it's objectively bad. Um, you know, the, the data backs this up. There's a lot of research and data coming out from that research that backs all this up. But I didn't even need to see that. Like, I don't need to see the data. I don't need to see the research. I just know. I can look out. I can go outside and I can look around and I can tell you something ain't right. And I can also tell you that things started being not right around the same time that social media became a thing. Cause it's not the phones. The phones are fine. Theoretically, if we all had phones, but no social media, I think we'd be a lot better off. But, um, the, the social media is, is the bad part. Not the ability to call people and text people and email people and check your calendar and have GPS and all that stuff on your phone. That's all great. That makes life awesome. It's just the fucking social media. That's the that's the worst part about it. And I don't know what the solution is. Because it's not going to go away. You know? I can bitch and moan all I want to. It's not going to go away. But one thing that pisses me off more than anything is when parents just let their kids have unrestricted access to social media as much as they want. Like, all the time. Like, just, you know, your kid turns 10 and you just hand them a smartphone and be like... Here you go, little Billy. Enjoy the porn. Like, what? Why? You know that's what he's going to do. And Twitter didn't even try to hide it. It's just on the feed. Like, before Elon Musk took over. I don't know if it's different now. But it's just on the feed. You can just scroll down, and then suddenly, oh, someone's doing anal. Like, just out of nowhere. Like, you didn't want to see that. But it's there. It's almost like they're shoving it down your throat. Videos of people getting it shoved down their throat. So, um, I've got other stuff to talk about. Not just how I'm a crotchety old man. 
but I really need to take a pee break, so I'm going to stop for a second. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. That honey citrus blonde from Community Brewing was uh, really hitting me. I switched it over to whiskey, though. I'm drinking that Evan Williams 100 Proof Whiskey that uh, Aaron Smith turned me on to. And I have pretty much just only been drinking that for ever since he told me. And this was like uh, almost a year ago. Um, mainly because I've mentioned this on the show before, but it is like the best, cheapest whiskey out there. Uh, you can get a 1.5 liter bottle for 28 bucks. Uh, and it's not bad. Like, it's not going to be the best whiskey you've ever had, but it's palatable. So I'm always trying to help people save money, uh, or, you know, save money on getting drunk. Just getting drunk for cheap, not even getting drunk. I don't get drunk. I don't drink enough to get drunk. Actually, I think I drink enough to get drunk. I just think that my liver is in really good shape. Like, if, uh... (laughs) If, if my liver were a person, it would look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like, it's in great shape. Like, I can drink and drink and drink and not even get drunk. Or maybe I do get drunk. I just am so good at handling being drunk that I don't feel like I'm drunk because I'm just really good at it. These are all things that uh, I wrestle with internally in my mind while I'm laying in bed at night, wondering if I'm an alcoholic and I need to reevaluate my life. But what I'm saying is, is that Evan Williams, if you want a lot of okay whiskey for cheap, Evan Williams 100 proof. Not the regular kind. The regular kind is shit. It's garbage. Uh, get, Get the 100 proof. Uh, there's some other stuff, um, on here. Let's, 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 let's switch gears a little bit. So, um, uh, let's, let's go back to some woke shit. So there's this video that I saw of a British comedian named Constantine Kisson, Kaisen. I don't know how you say his last name, but he's a British fellow and he was giving a speech, um, at the Oxford Union. I'm not sure what the Oxford Union is, but it's a place full of really well-dressed white people. And he's talking in front of them, and it seems like it's kind of a big, important deal. So let's listen to what he has to say. To confess, I will take your vote for granted. Tonight, I am the Labour Party, and you are the Red Wall. Now, I I want to talk to those of you who are woke and who are open to rational argument. A small minority, I accept. Because Mm. one of the tenets of wokeness is, of course, that your feelings matter more than the truth. But I believe in you. I believe there are those of you here who are woke, who are open to rational arguments, so let me make one. They're not. We are told that your generation cares more than any other about one issue in particular, and that issue is climate change. We're told that many of you suffer from climate anxiety. You wish to save the planet. And for tonight, and tonight only, I will join you. I will join you in worshipping at the feet of St. Greta of climate change. <laughs> Let us... 
I don't know who Sangria is, but uh, yeah. So climate change, like I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't not believe in climate change, but I do believe it's been a little bit overblown. You know, like it's there. It's not as bad as people say, but it, yes, it is there. But anyway, let, let him continue. Let's all accept right here, right now, that we are living through a climate emergency and our stocks of polar bears are running extremely low. I join you in this view. I truly do. Now, what are we to do about this huge problem facing humanity? What can we in Britain do? We can only do one thing. You know why? This country is responsible for 2% of global carbon emissions, which means that if Britain was to sink into the sea right now, it would make absolutely no difference to the issue of climate change. You know why? Because the future of the climate is going to be decided in Asia and in Latin America by poor people who couldn't give a shit about saving the planet. No, thank you. No, thank you. There's a guy in the it's background. It's going to be decided by poor people in Asia and Latin America who don't care no, about saving you. the planet. You know why? Because they're poor. Because they're poor. I come from Russia, which is not a poor country. It's a middle-income country. 20% of households in Russia do not have an indoor toilet. What they have is an outdoor toilet. And I don't mean one of those nice port that we get here. I don't even mean a Glastonbury port I mean a wooden shack with a hole in the ground that holds a collected fermented memory of the last 10,000 visits. <laughs> How many of you are going to go home tonight and say, let's rip out our bathroom and erect a Siberian shithouse in the back garden? <laughs> and if you're not, why should they? That's 120 right. million people in China do not have enough food. I don't mean that they don't get dessert. I mean they suffer from malnutrition. That means that their immune system is breaking down because they don't have enough food. You're not going to get them to stay poor. Imagine you're Xi Jinping, the leader of China. When you were 10 years old, there was a revolution, a cultural revolution in your country. And people came and they put your father in prison. Your mother had to denounce him. Your sister killed herself. And you, no longer enjoying the protection of your formerly powerful father, were sent to a village where you lived in a cave house. And here you are, decades later, you have clawed your way up the bloody and greasy pole of Chinese politics to be the undisputed supreme leader of the very communist party that destroyed your family. And you know that the main thing you have to do to survive and to stay in power is to deliver the one thing that the people of China want, prosperity, economic growth. Where do you think climate change ranks on Xi Jinping's list of priorities? A third of all children who live in extreme poverty in the world live in India. That means they are starving and dying of preventable disease. Now, about 15 months ago, my wife got pregnant. So anyway, he, he starts talking about like <clears throat> some other stuff at that point. But, but the main point was that little piece that I played, which was, you know, like, what do you really want to do about climate change? Like, okay, even, even if we can all agree, 
that um, climate change is real and that it's man-made exclusively, even though it's not, even though, you know, the earth goes through these natural cycles. Uh, that doesn't mean that, that people aren't contributing to it. And that's why I'm saying, like, I, I believe in climate change and man-made climate change, but I don't think it's as bad as what uh, some people make it out to be. I feel like it's being exaggerated for political purposes or for whatever purposes. But, you know, a lot of the climate change that you're seeing is stuff that would already have happened naturally. Now, are people exacerbating it? Yes, absolutely. You can't say that people are having a zero effect on climate change. You just can't. If you say that, then you're not being realistic. Okay, so, yes, are people adding to it? Yes. However, okay, now that we've established that people are adding to it, what do you want people to do? Okay, do, do you want them to stop using fossil fuels? Okay, you want them to stop using fossil fuels, you realize what that means. That means uh, no cars. And you could say electric cars, but we're, we're, we're not talking about California. And we're not talking about, and even there's a lot of people in California think it's bullshit. They can't, they can't even charge their own electric cars. They say, they say by 2035, we're going to uh, ban the sale of, of uh, I'm sorry, fossil fuel powered cars. You can only buy electric vehicles after 2035. And then the next day or, or later on that week, they come out and say, hey, everybody, Stop charging your electric cars because the power grid can't handle it. Like, almost immediately. So, it's... Like, whether you want to believe it or not, the vast majority of the world can only do what it needs to do in order to prosper because it's allowed to do it by the burning of fossil fuels. What, what you're asking people to do is to stop being prosperous, is to stop trying to improve their lives. Because for many people, the only way they can improve their lives is by going to work. And the only way they can get to work is by driving a car or riding public transport, all of which is, is, is used by fossil fuels. Or, even if they are driving an electric vehicle, that electric vehicle... The electricity to charge the electric vehicle comes from energy generated by a fossil fuel plant. So, what are you asking people to do? Are you asking people to complete? You're asking for a change in behavior of almost every person on the planet, and not just a small change in behavior, but a change in behavior that is big enough to alter their lives in such a way that would prohibit them from being able to care for their families. So in, in, in effect, you are asking people to put the interest of, the special interests of climate change activists above the interests of the prosperity of their own families. This is what you're asking people to do. Whether you realize it or not, this is what you're asking them to do. And are, can you really be that surprised when you phrase it that way, when you hear it stated that way? Can you really be surprised that these people are telling you to fuck off? Are you really surprised? Like, fuck you. 
Who the fuck are you? Like, I've got to take care. I've got mouths to feed, dude. I've got bills to pay. I've got shit to do. I don't have time for all of this. Like, if you want... If you want less emissions from whatever, cars, fossil fuel plants, whatever, you need to be talking to the people who actually have the money and the technology to be able to put into creating new technology that can give us a new source of easily attainable and affordable energy to where it does not disrupt my entire life and prevent me from being able to provide for my family. Because I don't give a shit what my car runs off of. If I can get to work and it costs me as much or even less preferably than it currently costs me to put gas in my car, I don't give a fuck. Go for it, dude. Give it to me. I will take I will drive that kind of car. If there's appliances that are in my house that can work as well as the appliances that I currently have and cost as much or less to operate than I currently have, then fine. I don't give a fuck. Go for it. I'll buy it and we'll save on emissions, but you've got to create the technology. What do you want me to do? You want me to start living like a fucking caveman? You know what's going to happen if I start living like a caveman? I'm going to start burning wood and manure for heat like they do in other parts of the world. They literally burn manure for heat to heat their homes. They burn wood. What is wood? When you burn wood, what happens? It's carbon. Carbon in the atmosphere. It's the same fucking thing. Only now, how do you how do you get wood? You chop down a tree. What takes carbon out of the air? Trees. You want me to so you take you take this shit away. You take away my gas. You take away my natural gas. Heat, which is what they want to do. The Biden administration wants to take away gas heat. They don't want you to use they don't want you to use ovens. They don't want you to use gas stoves. Okay, so I can't use a gas stove. Alright, you think they're going to stop there? No, you can't have a gas furnace. You can't have gas appliances. If it, It's a slippery slope. Once they get their nose in the tent, they're going to they're going to tell you, okay, well, uh, you can't have a gas stove, so it only makes sense you shouldn't be able to have a gas furnace. Or a gas water heater, or uh, gas anything. Okay, okay, so I don't have gas in anything, and it's all electric, and then the electric grid can't power it, so then we got to burn wood in my fireplace. So i got to go chop down a tree. The one thing, there's one thing on this planet that can sequester CO2 out of the atmosphere, and that is plants. And you want me to go chop down trees because you told me I couldn't have gas, and your electric grid can't handle all the electricity that everyone's using now. So you want me, and and where's all this electricity coming from? Fucking fossil fuels. So if we don't have fossil fuels, we can't generate enough electricity to power our all-electric homes and our all-electric cars that you now want us to power off of this electricity which to come from the sun and the wind, which doesn't always work and isn't enough to power everybody. So now, because I don't have enough of that, I have to subsidize my energy with chopping down the one fucking thing that takes carbon out of the air, which is trees. 
and I got to burn that in my fireplace and then put more CO2 in the air. And now there's one less tree because I just chopped it down to sequester said CO2 that is now going into the atmosphere because of the wood I have to burn from the tree that I just chopped down. Because you fucking told me I couldn't have gas. You want me to do all that? Like, did you think this shit through? I'm just a normal fucking guy. And I figured this out. Like, there's there's something else going on here. There's something else behind this whole Biden doesn't want us to have gas stoves thing. You, and they're telling you, oh, it's because it's just, there's so many there's so many people that every year they die they die from carbon monoxide poisoning of from the gas stoves. What the fuck? Since when? I've never heard, like I hear people dying from carbon monoxide point, but do you know what happens? The fucking pilot light's lit, and the flame's not lit, and they leave the pilot light, and they leave the gas running, and then they go, and it's usually like a really poor areas where they have like shitty natural gas pipelines anyway, in these shitty areas where people live, and the cities don't invest any money into infrastructure, kind of like uh, Flint, Michigan, with their whole rusty water situation. Um, and they don't invest in like actually the infrastructure of the gas pipelines. And so all the gas pipelines are really shit and all their appliances are shit and people that live there are poor. So they're using like really old appliances and maybe it leaks gas and then they go to sleep and because you can't smell it, they never wake up. That's how people fucking die from carbon monoxide poisoning. People don't die from carbon monoxide poisoning by cooking with their gas stove because the flame is lit. All, there's the fucking carbon monoxide leaking. The flame gets, the carbon monoxide gets ignited and turned into a flame. And then the heat goes into the fucking pan. And it's not like it's just leaking out into the room. You're not just sitting there. Every time you cook with gas, you're not just sitting over there inhaling carbon monoxide constantly. That's not how this works. It's when you fucking leave an unlit flame with gas coming out and you can't smell it. You go to sleep and you don't wake up because you've been breathing in the carbon monoxide all night. That's when people die. So now they're telling you, oh, we got to have, we, we, we got to get rid of gas stoves because some people die from carbon monoxide poison. Okay, motherfucker. Well, that's always been the case. If that's true, then people have been dying for decades from carbon monoxide poisoning. How come you didn't give a shit then? You didn't give a shit 30 years ago. You didn't give a shit 40 years ago. Why don't you suddenly give a shit now? Like who's paying you? What is it? Big electric? Because you got to think about it. Who has the most to gain from gas appliances going away? Electric companies or people that make electric appliances. Someone is going to profit from gas appliances going away. Increase in electric. Someone's profiting somewhere and that someone has friends in high places. That someone is pushing their friend to push a bill to be passed. And it's all fucking politics. And it's all just back fucking room behind closed doors meetings under the table fucking bullshit the same old shit that we've always been doing it's the same thing forever that people have always done make deals to help out their buddies and fuck the rest of us that's that's what this is and they don't think it through and it makes shit worse for everybody and then they blame, then, then they find someone else to blame for why things are so bad. <sighs> so 
Sorry, I kind of went on a rant there. Um, I don't really know how to end this. I'm not good at the dismount. You guys know I am not good at ending shows if you've been listening for a while. I don't know how to end them. Like, I just talk and I say things, and then I get tired, and then I feel like I don't want to say things anymore. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I've been uh, talking for a while. Um, I didn't even get to a lot of the things I was going to talk about. I get carried away. I go off on sidebars and rants. But, you know, uh, I feel like that's, like, the best way to communicate. I know that doesn't make sense because it's like, you know, it may sound like it doesn't make sense, but... You know I'm being genuine. Like, these are actually my thoughts. I did not prepare this. I don't have a teleprompter. I don't have anything in writing in front of me. This is just from my brain, straight out of my mouth, straight into your ears. Like, this is 100% real, everything that I'm saying to you. And sometimes, you know, uh, I get a little carried away. And I talk about things for a lot longer than I planned on talking about them. And... Then we're an hour and 12 minutes in now. And uh, I don't really know how to end it. I don't have like a nice tight ending. But what I will say is that if you've listened to this all the way through, um, then I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said earlier, I don't have social media. Um, I don't have any sort of presence online other than YouTube and these podcast apps that I am affiliated with, like Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music, all those, you know, I'm pretty much on any place where you would normally download a podcast. I just don't have, uh, I don't advertise. I don't do it on social media. I feel like if I'm good, you're going to tell somebody. And so if you like what you're hearing, tell somebody. And if they like what they're hearing, they can tell somebody. And if I grow, I grow. And if I become popular, I become popular. And if I don't, then I don't. And that's the free market. And I'm a believer in the free market. You know, I believe that good things should have the opportunity to rise. And if you're not good, then you're not going to rise. And that's just uh, that's just how it goes. And that's the best way, you know, at the end of the day. Even if that means that I'm not ever going to be anything in the podcasting world, that's fine. Because I believe in the system as a whole. I believe in the free market. I believe that if I really am good, people will find me and people will t share me and more people will listen and I'll grow organically that way. Um, and that's how, sh that's how everything should be. It should be a meritocracy. Uh, so, you know, just uh, tell a friend if you enjoy the show. I would really appreciate it. I'm not going to spend any money advertising this thing. And I'm definitely not getting on fucking social media for the reasons that I mentioned before. So, um, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, I really appreciate it, you know, and for all of my brethren over across the pond. Bedankt voor het luisteren. That's right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, I'll see you next time.